Today's lesson is from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. This is on page 174 of your pew Bible for those who wish to follow along. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it, and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all of the fruit of the ground which you have harvested from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in the office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sits it on down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this presence before the Lord your God. A wandering Armenian was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien. Few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and prosperous. When the Egyptians threatened us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor upon us, we cried to the Lord. The God of our ancestors, the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders and he brought us into this place and he gave us this land a land flowing with milk and honey so now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you O Lord have given me you shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord Lord your God then with the Levites and aliens who reside among you you shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and your house. This is the word of God for the people of God. A reading from Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9, as found on page 187 of the New Testament in your pew Bible. Listen for God's word to you today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, in prayer and in supplication, with thanksgiving, bring your request before the Lord. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, my beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just and whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on those things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will always be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is... 
sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Anthony Cochran. I'm a senior at Henry W. Grady High School in Midtown, if you don't know me, or if we haven't formally met. It's nice to meet you. Um, Morningside has quite literally been a part of my life since I can remember. Um, this congregation has shaped who I am, um, and um, it's helped me through some of the toughest times through my life up to this point. Um, a pivotal time where I've seen sort of God at work through this congregation was um, just under two years ago um, with the passing of one of my good friends, Theo Weimar. Um, he was a good friend. Um, he attended Henry W. Grady. He was uh, a, a role model in my life um, up to that point. And, it was, and his passing was very unfortunate, um, but this congregation helped me through it. Um, Morningside played a very large role in my moving past this, um, and, growing, and I grew very strong as a result of the support that came out of this church. Um, from the first few days after we found out about his passing, um, community members were already present in my life, um, helping me get through this, giving me any kind of support I needed. Um, and um, in, a more in a more unconventional way, I received the same sort of support. Um, at a different church, sort of in Midtown, um, after his passing, a large group of my peers came together um, to receive grief counseling, to sort of be together in that time after his passing. Um, a few youth pastors from the community were introducing themselves and offering any kind of support that um, the students needed during that time. And as they were sort of going through the list of names, um, I was only really half listening. I was more trying to give some of my friends the support that they needed during that time. Um, and I just so happened to hear Emma uh, introduce herself. Um, this was at the time when I had actually not met her yet. Um, so when I heard, my name is Emma Nyschloss from uh, Morningside Presbyterian Church, I had to do a double take because um, I wasn't really aware that we actually had a youth pastor yet. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was very funny and kind of a, a funny surprise. So that was a very direct way um, that I saw God at work in this congregation um, during that time. And that sort of gave me a little bit of hope for the future. Um, at the time. So I quickly introduced myself, um, and she gave me some very nice and kind words and support during that time um, that helped me get through it. Um, and not only in this way, but in a lot of other ways. For example, um, in the weeks after, a lot of healing took place up in that balcony. Um, I heard a lot of messages that I really did need to hear from the sermons, from the um, readings, from the hymns that we heard. Um, a lot of good things came from this church during that time of need for me. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll always be grateful for that. Um, and today, here I stand, a different person um, than I was with a new set of problems to work through. Um, but this is why I try to give back to this community. Um, nearly every Sunday, you'll find me up in the balcony um, operating the camera with, along with Bob, who will be speaking shortly. Um, and this is how I try to give back, um, because this community has given me so much um, throughout my life and even in the most trying times. So it's important for me to try and give back to the community and, you know, just try and give back. So thank you guys very much. Anthony, thank you for sharing yourself and your believing in your service with, with this community that, that we have young people such as yourself is our hope for our future. Thank you so much. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, 
nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I could just sit down because Paul's proclamation in Romans has simply said the crux of my believing. But those of you who know me well know that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Seems I always have more words than time. Before I speak further about the text, though, I want to express my gratitude for Jonathan Crutchfield for composing and leading the choir and singing that glorious hymn last week that expressed Paul's belief so magnificently. If you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to go to the website and listen to all three anthems and, and Lee's sermon, but the one based on Romans 8.38 is foundational for all of All Saints Sunday and certainly for, for my life. When we sang it last week, I kept thinking, that's my, that's my talk next week. That's my. I want to reiterate my belief that I am sure, along with Paul, that God holds me in God's self, and nothing can separate me from that love, which I also believe has no conditions on me. I believe God's expression of love for God's creation is not contingent on us, on our believing, on our behavior. Rather, I believe unconditional love is the very nature of God, unconditional creative love is how God expresses God's self. I learned this reality through a childhood and adolescence that was poverty-stricken, mental illness burdened, and trailer trash labeled. I grew up experiencing God holding me through the traumas and tragedies that visited my life, including the deaths of my oldest brother and youngest sister and beloved sister-in-law and experiencing the church to be a place of refuge from my life's challenges. Then I fell in love. And the irony of my life as a Christian is, of all of my life's challenges, the greatest one has been love. Because, as you know, my beloved is a woman. Immediately, abruptly, I was exiled and considered to be sick and depraved and immoral and illegal. And the church, which had been my place of refuge and solace to that point in my life, was now my judge and executioner, seeking to destroy my love and even my life. Like Saul, seeking to destroy those Jews who followed in the way of Jesus. Allow me an extra minute of exhortation and admonishment. When we as a church and society publicly condemn LGBTQ people, we are teaching our young people both gay and straight, to condemn themselves and each other. And we are responsible when our condemnation results in their deaths. Ask any LGBTQ person who has survived where it was that we first learned to hate ourselves, and many of us will tell you we first learned to hate ourselves at church. I live the reality that God descends with us into the deepest, darkest, depths of spiritual despair and holds us in God's self as we consider whether or not we will choose the life set before us, whatever challenges that life might bring. And I believe with every breath I breathe that God continues to hold us 
irrespective of our life's decisions into God's eternity. Nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God, most especially the ideologies and polities of the church, and most particularly those ideologies which are based on interpretations of scripture read through a lens of law rather than a lens of love. It seems to me the prevalent question in these times is, will I use a lens of love or a lens of law to interpret what it means when God speaks? My mentor in pastoral counseling, the Reverend W. Bernie Overton, taught me this, which saved my life. The God of law and the God of love can be found in the scripture. And the church is not God. God is God. He would say, Katie, be very intentional and very careful in that which you seek, for you shall surely find it. And that which you choose to believe will absolutely and ultimately direct the path of your living. I'm deeply grateful for Morningside, for this community of faith that proclaims a God of unconditional love, who embraces and celebrates Phyllis and I as a family among you and for the opportunity to share with you this morning that which I've chosen to believe. After living several decades of being marginalized within the wider church, the opportunity to say this, I believe, is incredibly significant to me. My prayer is that others in the church will believe, along with Paul, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, including our gender identity and orientation including our understandings of God that are so differing from each other. And having recognized that we are all, always, always being held in the heart of God into eternity, that we turn our individual and collective attention to acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God. This is my belief and prayer. Amen. Hi. <laughs> this I believe that's fairly daunting. For most of my life, I believed I would always have a head of thick, dark hair. <laughs> so what have I learned to believe? I tried to make a list. My list may differ from yours, but here it goes. I believe the earth is round and a very small part of a very old universe. I believe that gravity is a dominant force. I believe that sexuality exerts huge influence on all living things. I believe that wonder opens us to experience the world just watch an infant discovering things for the first time. I believe that fear closes us to the world. I believe in the primacy of perception as we seek to understand how we're supposed to be in the world and that our senses are pretty limited. I believe that learning is a primary responsibility. Learning to read, 
reading to learn, solving problems, making things work, asking questions, experimenting, researching information, collecting data, making and correcting mistakes. Some learning is painful, but most of it's pretty much fun. I believe that imagination is the brain activity that artificial intelligence cannot replace. The stories we tell ourselves and each other give structure and substance and direction to our lives. I believe in place. In the words of John Kabat-Zinn, no matter where you go, there you are. I believe in time, time that is measured by clocks and time that is measured as lived moments full of meaning. I believe in energy. That which appears static is actually vibrational, keeping physical, mental, and spiritual energy in tune defines health. I believe that projects channel our living. Some projects we get to choose, and some choose us. I believe in play, <laughs> but sometimes that makes being grown up problematic. I believe that relationships give meaning to our lives. Often we have a choice, but sometimes we don't. It matters who you choose to hang with. The extremes are love and hate. I believe that I'm loved. I believe that events also give meaning to our lives. Events range from disasters to celebrations, and it matters what we choose to celebrate. I believe that self-destructive behavior, rationalization, selfishness, arrogance, and narcissism are all human and qualify as addictive. I believe we have mistakenly made money the measure of value. If it sells, it's art. I'm not sure we can fix this. I believe that justice should not be so hard to come by, but I'm not sure how to fix this either. I believe that connectivity makes us strong and so does diversity. When diverse people connect, beautiful and surprising things happen. I believe that rules help us live with ourselves and each other. But rigid authoritarianism constrains growth and imprisons the soul. Okay, I started this list. It just kept growing. I have to add that I believe in service. I believe in humor. Those of you who have taken my Tai Chi class know that I believe in deep, slow belly breathing and balance. And since we're in this beautiful place, I should add that I believe in healing, prayer, confession, forgiveness, gratitude, giving, praise, hope, peace, 
mission. Oh, and there it is again, love. They all help us imagine what our journey through life might be and what it might mean. Uh, oh wait, journey through life? Now there's a great idea. Why don't we journey together? I can believe in that.